Dan Bongino. I owe you. Who owes who? You owe me. I owe you. There's no money. The Dan Bongino Show. Anything run by liberals will be run into the ground, burned, stepped on, gasoline poured on it, and burned again. Get ready to hear the truth about America. They're arguing about things and debating how quickly they can deconstruct the greatest country in the history of mankind and all of the ideas and norms that have gotten us here. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's Friday. I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing great. And I, 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 again, a big, fat, Juicy thank you to our audience. We yep. had our best month of downloads ever. We're closing in on a absolutely preposterous number of downloads. <laughs> so thanks to you and spreading the uh, you know the word of mouth on the show. I deeply appreciate it. it. Means the world to me. So thank you so much. It really was a banner month, despite the fact that kids are going back to school yeah. and it's summer. We're still growing. We grew by ten percent this month. So th- a big thank you. Hey, um. Lots to talk about. Let's get right into it. So the left is not forfeiting the narrative no matter what. Remember (laughs) yesterday's show? The gaslighting? The left cannot tell you the truth. They are obsessed with narratives all the time, which is frankly disgusting, pitiful, grotesque in a time of an an epic national tragedy that, again, we just can't come together uh, with people on the left. Now, we have no problem coming together with Democrats, with uh, reasonable Americans, but the liberal left wants to sit in their stupid bubble, their insulated bubble of profound dopiness, uh, 100% dopiness on the gangster curve. They want to sit there and they want to Stick to the narrative no matter what. So I've been teasing this clip (laughs) all week, but something happened to me yesterday, too, which, again, the left will not forfeit the narrative. Gaslighting matters to them. Remember, repeat a lie over and over again. Repeat it confidently and isolate people from the truth. So what's the lie? What am I talking about? The left will never, ever let a crisis go to waste ever because they're sick. That's just (laughs) what they do. So this horror, what's happening right now in Texas is being blamed on, of course, climate change. They do not want the climate change narrative to change no matter what. Uh, no pun intended there. But I have some uh, some numbers on this, too, uh, as well, just to debunk it, because this show is, you know, involves facts and data. And it has nothing to do at all with climate change, not the severity of the storm, not the so-called frequency of the storms, none of this. But the left will not forfeit the narrative no matter what. And when the narrative starts to get out of their comfort zone, Joe, which is climate change, because we have to take political advantage of this. If you're a liberal, that's all they do all the time. They get uncomfortable. Now, let's establish the narrative first in case you say to yourself, oh, come on, Dan. Now you're politicizing it. This isn't really happening. The left isn't committed to a narrative about climate change in a time of national tragedy. Oh, <laughs> are you sure? Now, Joe, you can confirm from here. Right? This is a hat tip to Grabian out there. Yep. This is a Grabian clip, uh, G-R-A-B, Grab, I-E-N. Uh, they do a lot of these uh, these things. This was a two-minute clip, right? Now, you, mm-hmm. I think we took like a minute of it, right? Because minute, we didn't want to- Yeah, minute yeah. 25, something like that. This goes on. We just have a minute- of the media hacks, because they, they are liberals, trying to establish for you a narrative that politically benefits them in a time of national crisis, despite the fact that none of it is actually true. Play the cut. Is there a why to this? Why there is so much water associated with this storm? One of the things we've heard from scientists over the last 10 years is that climate change does impact the intensity of many of the storms that we see. I'm 
probably wouldn't attribute what we're looking at here. This is not an uncommon occurrence. Could climate change be fueling the history-making nature of this storm? It's a question a lot of people are wondering. So watch out. There could be more monster hurricanes to come. And that's that the theory that climate change is impacting all of this. Well, we're not sure. Okay. The local officials in Houston didn't have any plans to study the effects of climate change in the city or think about whether the city needs to plan for more frequent and more intense rainstorms, which most scientists say are a sure thing. We do have a changing climate. We do have warming waters. With warming waters, you get more uh, moisture coming into the atmosphere. And what hurricanes absolutely love is moisture because that gives them rainfall. And that's what's happened in this situation with Hurricane Harvey. Sure. There is no doubt right. that climate change makes, because of, particularly because of warming the ocean waters and the Gulf waters, makes storms like this more common. Heavy... President Trump signed an executive order rolling back an Obama-era uh, regulation which required all government construction to take into account the flood risk which was being caused and the future flood risk being caused uh, by climate change and rising ocean temperatures and sea levels. Um, the timing now seems almost ironic. All right, that goes on. <laughs> that goes on for another minute. Yeah. Jo right, Joe, I'm not making this up. No. That was a two-minute and 20-second or something cut. I, I said to Joe when I sent it over, I said, Joe, can you do me a favor? Can you cut this up for the show? <laughs> He's like the whole thing. I said, no, it's it's too long. I said, we, you know, I don't I don't want to bore my audience. Said, that goes on for another minute. Media hacks trying to tell you that climate change is doing this because folks, they can never, ever, ever lose the narrative. Despite the fact that what they're telling you is factually inaccurate. From the Wall Street Journal today, in case you're having any doubt that, oh, well, maybe it's right, maybe climate change is climate change, that the, the intensity, the frequency of the storms. They are just making up. This is what infuriates me about the far left. Now, you know, I, I want to be candid with you because I love my audience, and I don't, I, 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 I don't know how I come off to you. Like you can never analyze. Uh, uh, they, they, when I was in graduate school for psychology, they had this thing called the uh, we used to study called social monitoring, and people who are good social monitors are those guys who and ladies who, in a crowd, are always the center of attention. People enjoy being around them. Mm -hmm. They're good social monitors, meaning that they they see themselves or can see themselves as other people see them. A bad social monitor, Joe, is that clown at a party who's everybody's trying to get away from, who constantly talks about himself and puffs his, puffs his chest all the time. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows that guy, right? Now, I bring this up because my my mother-in-law listens to the show and so does my wife and they don't like it when i go after liberals they don't they think like i should go easy on them and that's cool my mother-in-law i love her to death she's like one of the greatest women i've ever met and i obviously love my wife she's just the, she's just the bomb but folks this is why i'm it's an explanation for you so not to get you into my personal life but i think about this stuff a lot i go to, sometimes i go to the gym not every day but typically after the after this and i'm like was i too after the show and i'm was i too angry today I'll, I'll say to myself i'll question everything but folks this is why i'm angry this is why sometimes i have to go after these people and i'm not talking about all democrats i'm talking about liberals because they do things to you that are so deranged so i, I, I mean so below what any reasonable human being would do we are this is an, an an epic level crisis we've had in the united states we haven't seen something on this scale mm. since sandy and katrina but even then this scale this is going to be even more than that yeah we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars we have people who died people lost their homes and all the left can do all they can think about 
which is a sign of a complete moral vacuum and a genuinely, genuinely sick person. I don't use those terms lightly. All they can think about is how do we lie to people? Because what they're telling about climate change is factually absolutely not true. And I'll I'll show you in a second here. How can we lie to people and how can we score political points? I mean, Joe, Mm. as friends, you and I, seriously, I mean, I know we're talking to our audience too. I don't want to be ridiculous, but that's just sick. Yeah. I mean, that's just really, really sick, you like know, psychopathological. We've talked about this a number of times. I know I know you're genuine on this, and you know, I feel the same way. Yeah, I know you do, and it just, it, it really bothers me, folks. Like, can't we, I mean, what would happen if there was like an alien invasion tomorrow? Would the liberals like start talking about, oh, it was the budget cuts for extraterrestrial research? I mean, is there any level of human tragedy where when you're a liberal, you just start thinking about human beings first? No, I mean it. I mean, it's a sincere question. I know we have liberal listeners because I get your hate emails. <laughs> it's, a, it's a genuine question. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I know it comes off snarky, but I really mean it. Is there any human tragedy, mass human starvation, a virus that wipes out, you know, a third of the United States, um, you know, an epic flood or natural disaster that kills hundreds of thousands? Is there any human crisis deep enough and profound enough that you will forfeit gaslighting and forfeit a political narrative? Anything? I mean, the fact that you're doing this to America and dividing us up, and I, I guess a fair enough point, Joe, for some people would be, well, why are you doubling down? Aren't you contributing to No, folks, because listen, I, I'm not. We're in a fight here. And until you understand what that fight is, we cannot allow the left to continue to put out there to American people nonsensical, bogus information that's going to allow them or, 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 or incentivize them to make bad decisions in the future. This is not due to climate change. You're, you're literally just making it up. All right. From the Wall Street Journal is a quote from an op-ed piece today, which I'll put in the show notes. The problem with this argument, the climate change argument, is that it's fact free. As Roger Pilkey Jr. has noted, the link between global warming and recent hurricanes and extreme weather events is, quote, unsupported based on research and evidence. Mr. Pilkey, who is no climate change denier, has shown with data that hurricanes hitting the U.S. Here it is, folks have not increased in frequency or intensity since 1900. There is no notable trend up or down in global tropical cyclone landfall since 1970, and floods have not increased in frequency or intensity in the U.S. since 1950. I mean, does does that even bother you a little bit? I mean, if you're a liberal, does it bother you a little bit that what you're saying in the in 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 the uh, in the wake of a a really incredible human tragedy on a mass scale in one of the largest states in the union? Does it bother you even a little bit that you're just lying to people? I mean, I'm being really sincere here. Yeah. And then you wonder why I I mean, you know, again, my mother-in-law and my my uh, my wife at times are like, you know, why are you always so angry at these people? You know, my wife thinks it hurts the show. She does. She says, well, Dan, you know, sometimes you come off really, really hot about stuff. I'm not. I'm just being genuine. Well, here's the answer you'll get. Eh, he don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, because well, they yeah. don't want. Well, Joe, that's all they have. Right? No, they, they will never say when you say and then here's the response. Right. I'll give them. OK, where? What part of what I just told you about intensity of hurricanes, number of frequency of hurricanes? What part of that that I told you is factually incorrect? And they don't have anything. Well, you're a racist. Now, <laughs> yeah, you're la- see, here's the funny part. I did that on purpose. I'm not I'm not kidding. I set you up on purpose, Armacost, oh, because that's you. funny to you. Yeah. Because it should be, because it's so <laughs> dumb. Like, oh my gosh, you're a racist. You're talking about what happens in a hurricane. Clearly, you're a racist. Yeah. 
It happened. It happened. Think progress. Hack web uh, far left website. I mean, really, what media matters? The, I mean, the, the two biggest clowns out there. I mean, even worse than Salon. Think progress has a piece up. Uh, I'm not going to put it in the show notes, but yeah, listen, look it up if you want. I, I'd rather you not give them the clicks, but that's up to you. Um, Think Progress up on their website has a piece talking about my Tucker Carlson appearance the other night talking about looters, okay. how looters were, how you have to be a savage to steal from people in times of a hurricane. Joe, yeah. again, you're the audience ombudsman. <laughs> a, a, I would agree. I think you would agree as well. A completely non-controversial point in any respect. <laughs> you wait, You wait for a hurricane. You walk in and you steal somebody's cash register. I would pretty much call you what I called you on the air. Yeah. Which is a certifiable savage man beast. Here we go. Think progress. Joe, that was racist. We're racist on Tucker Carlson. There, I, I, I told you. I, I, I'll explain to you quickly where they're going. They're like, this is coded language for racism. Uh, you know, folks, it's so tired. It's, I'm glad you laughed. Ordinarily, I wouldn't even bring this up because it's so stupid. But again, it shows you how when they lose the narrative, when they lose the narrative, the narrative has to stay focused on a something that's going to benefit liberals. And I'm going to explain to you in a second how they're moving on from climate change because it's not getting the climate change narrative, by the way. They're losing it and how they're trying to move on to other things now. Mm-hmm. But the climate change narrative, they were losing it when they saw looting. Like, oh, my gosh, this is going to turn a narrative over to law and order and how law and order is this. And law and order doesn't work for the left. They have to stay focused on climate change. So what do they do? Anytime people bring anything up that diverts away from their narrative, Joe, climate change. What are they? You got to go with the racist thing. You have to. That's their go-to. That's their ground ball. That's it. That's it. That's their bunt. They have it every time. The problem is, and they don't see this. They, I mean, they really don't. I think moderate Democrats do. Is it's tired, Joe? Yeah. It's old. It's, you know, when I was a kid, I don't know if they still use this term, you know, you know, it was played out. It's, it's over. Nobody listens to you anymore. It's the same old crap. Every single time. Nobody is listening, folks. Nobody's. And the sad thing is genuine, authentic cases of racism, which should always be called out and, mm-hmm. and thankfully are by by whatever your party affiliation is. They get watered down by baseless charges of race. The word doesn't even mean anything anymore. The left uses it every single time. How is calling out a guy or a woman who's stealing someone else's property? How is that racist? It, it, it isn't. The answer is when you're a deranged leftist who has nothing else, you don't have anything. And your narrative about climate change is being lost. Mm-hmm. You have to stay focused on things that matter to you. So what do you do? You call the other side racist. It happens every single time. Now, the... Climate change narrative is is uh, they're losing it because I mean candidly, folks, nobody cares. Nobody cares right now about climate change, not and any significant number. That, nobody cared about climate change before this thing outside of the fringe left because they made they fudged statistics on it for so long they lost the chrome credibility. So all of their dire warnings about how we're all going to be floating and polar bears are going to be in Florida, and <laughs> none of it came true. So people just tuned them out. I mean. If you're on the left, this is the first time listening to the show, and I get it by some of the reviews on iTunes, um, some of the leftists who go in there, um, I, they get angry when they listen. And you know why they get angry? Because I'm telling you the truth. Nobody cares. You are irrelevant. Matter of fact, there's a piece on Drudge today by Matthew Continetti at the Free Beacon talking about how irrelevant the Democrats are. 
Like, Joe, the Republicans are in total chaos, but yeah. the Democrats are completely irrelevant in the national argument. They, let me get this straight. Houston, massive flooding, epic human tragedy. Democrats talking point, climate change. What? Are, dude, like, are you serious? Like, you really think this is a credible party platform to show your leadership for 2020 and 2018? You're nuts. Your party is totally irrelevant. Your ideas are bankrupt. Your party's bankrupt. You are literally a party of fringe kooks like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. That's it. You're a party of nuts. A total nuts. I, it's really it's, it's shameful. It, it totally, completely shameful about what's going on here. Now. They're losing the climate change narrative because it's false and it's nonsense. So now they're moving on to another one, Joe. And they're, this, is, this is a doozy. Their narrative now is that Houston did this to itself. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, folks, uh, if you think the climate change narrative on this is a loser, blaming Texas for this and Texans for, for this, I mean, unbelievably horrific event. Wow. I mean, just when you think the left has hit 100% on the gangster curve for dopiness, they managed to surpass that. We have to actually reset the curve on the exam for dopiness. I mean, this is just staggering. It's happening already. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to send out some tweets, and I'll put in the show notes today, articles from the Media Research Center showing how uh, Salon and other far-left outlets insinuate that this is the, the, the Houstonians and the Texans that did this. Why? Because of zoning. Now zoning's the new thing, Joe. Remember, the left loves zoning rules. Zoning rules are yeah. basically local and, uh, and state, in some cases, guidelines about what you can build where. Now, what's fascinating about zoning is Houston has is known for its 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 paucity of uh its of zoning regulations are relatively few. Now what has that led to? All kinds of horrible things, Joe, like rent 60% lower than in California. Of course I'm being sarcastic mm-hmm. because when you don't have a bunch of zoning laws, you don't have to pay an army of lawyers and accountants to do what? Mm-hmm. To get around those zoning laws or comply with them. So Houston, as long as you meet safety standards, I mean you they're not going to allow you to put a nuclear power plant inside of a school. But as long as you get around some basic safety standards in Houston, you can build what you want when you own the land. Whoa. Oh, my. Oh, liberals, folks, liberals quake in their shoes over that. They love zoning because zoning allows them to do whatever they want. Zoning allows them to discriminate against people. Zoning allows them to to move people around based Mm -hmm. on racial quotas. Remember the shows we did Mm -hmm. on the uh, affirmative uh, affirmative housing thing under the Obama administration where they were going to move minorities into neighborhoods because they didn't meet a racial quota? Mm -hmm. Keep not in reverse, by the way. They didn't, they weren't going to move white people into black <laughs> neighborhoods. They wanted to move people who were minorities into white neighbors because they weren't diverse enough. Keep in mind, there were no allegations of racism in those neighborhoods at all. Nobody ever was telling people, if you're black or Hispanic or Asian, you can't move here. It's just that the government didn't like where black people chose to live. So they love zoning laws precisely because of this, because they can use those zoning laws to sue the states. They're in love. So now the narrative, folks, the narrative matters always more than anything. Now that the narrative has started to change to a couple of different things, they lost climate change. The climate change thing, they're still going to try it, but it's, it's they, they're getting laughed at pretty much roundly by everybody in America right now because that's what the liberal party is. It's a, it's, 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 it's a bunch of kooks. The narrative has started to change to a few things. There are stories about religion. 
and Houstonians' love for, for church and love for God and love for their faith. Mm-hmm. You've seen viral videos of gospel singers at, at, the, um, at these shelters. I don't know if you saw that, Joe. Just an amazing performance by a woman the left, by the way, who happens to be black. Oh, my gosh. We're mentioning it on the show. Mm-hmm. This is like triple reverse, quadruple reverse racism now. They're just mentioning. Re- yeah, that, that's it. Triple, quadruple, double reverse racism. <laughs> they're just mentioning a black woman who has faith in God because they want to seem like they're not racist because they're conservatives who are automatically racist. You're like, yeah, I'm trying to follow liberal, which is getting increasingly difficult because my brain cells that my dendrites are, are slowly withering away every time I mention liberalism. But the narrative is changing away to the truth. And the truth is not the lie, the gaslit narrative lie that the the liberals want you to believe. And they are deeply troubled, so they're moving to zoning. Now, the narrative is focused on religion. How Texas is, uh, you've seen stories about this, how their faith is getting them through this. People on the news all the time talking about God. That that is absolutely not going to work for the liberals. As I've said to you repeatedly, liberals cannot stand big R God-given rights and any, any affirmation of faith. Because what does it do? competes with the power of the state right liberals can't have any of that so conversations about religion are to be suppressed immediately and they're starting to permeate the social media ecosystem number two stories of rescues uh, on a mass scale by people who are not government this is driving the liberals mad folks please i implore you don't think i'm making this up and to steal a line from rush don't doubt me don't doubt me on this at all. These these social media viral things that they know people are seeing, it is driving liberals wild. Cajun Navy, the Texas Navy, people with monster trucks who the liberals think are all a bunch of stupid rednecks. That's all you are. <laughs> you don't understand us. Coastal elites with their Thurston Howell bow tie wearing, you know, cigarette and a stick snobbery. They see all of us down south. Mm-hmm. And and listen, I grew up in the Northeast. I live in the South now. I've lived, uh, you know, Maryland's, it depends. I mean, they say what Mar- Northeasterners think Maryland's are, are the South and Marylanders think they're the North or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I got that backwards. But having seen both and grown up in both of ours, trust me, coastal elites think you're all a bunch of dopes because that's just what they do. They are deeply disturbed by pictures of men carrying women out of the floodwaters. Oh my gosh, that's like white male privilege or something, critical theory. (laughs) Monster truck Southerners, oh my gosh, look at these hayseeds. They're rescuing people. In one case, rescuing members of of, uh, the National Guard who got their truck stuck. Another bunch of heroes, by the way. They're like militaries doing the right thing. Oh my gosh! Private citizens rescuing people. No, you know, without instructions from the government. Joe, we got to do something. We can't let people see the truth. Narrative number three. They were. Don't 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 doubt me on this. I love listening to Rush every day. So shout out to Rush on that one. I'm acknowledging the theft of that line. Footnote, hat tip Rush Limbaugh, do not doubt me for a second that there are liberals out there, a large swath of them, not all, who were absolutely hoping for Trump to blow it. They were hoping. Yeah. Joe, you and I both know it. They had their fingers crossed and they were like, oh my gosh, please blow it. Now, I want to be crystal clear on this. This is not over. This is not even close to over. This is going to be a a multi-year operation. The the uh, the uh, 
the build rebuilding of the Houston the Houston infrastructure, sure. the rebuilding of Houston's economy. This is not over by any stretch. There is still a sadly a tremendous opportunity to screw this up. But folks, any any reasonable person knows I'm not talking to liberals right now. Please again, tune out. What are we at the, the 23 mark or whatever when we put in the promos 24? Mm-hmm. You can tune out now. This is for reasonable people. Any reasonable person would have to conclude at this point that given the epic nature of this tragedy, that the the government under Donald Trump and under the excellent governorship of Greg Abbott and some fine local leadership has done a pretty, pretty good job. Yeah. There's always room for improvements. And what's bothering them even more is that the one decision that has been questioned the decision not to evacuate Houston. It's driving them crazy. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you what's out there, mm-hmm. was made by a Democrat, yeah. the Houston mayor. Now, I, notice, and I mean this, I'm, I'm being incredibly sincere on this. It's it, it, I, I have not harped on that decision by the Houston mayor because it's not the time for that. Right. Now, if he was a Republican mayor, I assure you the, the, uh, the liberals in the media would be calling for uh, hanging an effigy. Um, that's just what they do. They would call for a public trial, a tar and feathering, because that, that's what liberals do. I am very proud that conservative media outlets have largely kept away from this. Because although I think it was a bad call, it's this is not the time for that. This is not this is time to back the man up. He's doing a decent job. He's out there. This is not the time to you get what I'm saying? Sure. And I'm not like quietly like bringing it up either to I'm not I, I strongly encourage forget all of that. That is not it's not relevant now. But it, believe me when I tell you, Democrats are seething that the only decision really in this that's been largely questioned is that one. And it was a Democrat. I'm telling you what they're thinking. The religion narrative, the excellent non-government response, and the excellent government response under Donald Trump are driving liberals mad. They can't have it, folks. They are obsessed with the narrative at all times. They will never ever, ever let a crisis go to waste. So what do they switch to? They switch to zoning. Now, I want to read to you just quick another line from this Wall Street Journal op-ed, which is really terrific. And it describes how they're they're, uh, completely uncomfortable libs with what's going on right now. They're talking about the response. Uh, It says, this has happened even faster than usual, perhaps because the Katrina 2 scenario of emergency mismanagement didn't pan out. The state, local, and federal governments have done a competent job under terrible conditions and stories about neighborly charity, racial goodwill, the heroism of rescuers, and big business donating money and goods don't fit into any agenda. Liberals are ringing over uh, Melania Trump's heels and, a la- and also lack, uh, they're, they're ringing over Melania Trump's heels also lacks political legs. I didn't even think of that. Corporate goodwill, that's driving them nuts. American businesses are supposed to be evil. And the fact that American businesses, you have Walmart stepping up, you have a bunch of people out there, you have Home Depot stepping up doing the right thing is driving liberals crazy because the gaslit narrative they've told you over and over. Climate change did this, wrong. Corporate America is horrible, wrong. The government is the only way to fix our problems, wrong. Donald Trump is an idiot, he's going to be incompetent, wrong. Nothing they've told you is true. So they have to move on. They moved on to climate change. Anytime you try to change the narrative, it's always that guy's a racist. Anytime you, if that narrative doesn't work, they move right on to the next one. Mm -hmm. This one about zoning. Now, for those of you say, well, and and, and keep in mind, you may say, well, what what do you mean with zoning? Maybe I wasn't clear on that. 
with the zoning, what the liberals are trying to say is that, well, you know, Houston built all over the place because there was no rules on who could build what, where. You following, Joe? Yeah. And because of that, it led to this massive flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, Folks, New York and New Jersey, as pointed out in the journal today, have some of the strictest zoning laws in the country and had an epic disaster with, with, with what, one-tenth of the rain? I mean, I don't even know what the rain was in Sandy, but I can tell you right now, as a fact, it wasn't even close to what came down in Hurricane Harvey, and the, the, uh, the damage was phenomenal. I mean, it has nothing to do with zoning. All I'm trying to say is not that, and, and by the way, zoning leads to very cheap rents, cheap house prices. This is all the things you think liberals would fight for. But again, liberals are not interested in the truth. They're not interested in helping people. They're interested in power and control and controlling what you think. Whether what you think is true or not, I'm telling you folks, is completely irrelevant to them. It doesn't matter. Zoning. Well, zoning leads to cheap housing. We don't want cheap housing. We want to control the housing. <laughs> Damn it, we're liberals. What are you, an idiot? Get with the program, Jack. Yeah, it's just really frustrating every time. All right, I got a couple other stories here uh, I don't want you to miss. But uh, today's show brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition, one of my favorite nutrition companies out there. These guys have been sponsors from the beginning. I'm always proud to have them on board. I think I got like five or six really glowing emails about Brickhouse yesterday. So I do appreciate it, appreciate it. Daniel at Bongino.com. If you want to send me an email, it means a lot. Uh, Brickhouse has a product out there called Dawn to Dusk. You know, we all lead busy lives. My wife and I were exhausted yesterday. We got in late. We had to go uh, up to Vero to see my daughter's volleyball game. We were tired. You know, uh, thanks to Brickhouse Nutrition for Dawn to Dusk, you can get through the day. It is a 10-hour energy, a time-released energy product where you don't have any of the pitfalls of these other energy drinks and coffee and other stuff where you get these massive highs and then these massive lows. They will give you a nice elevation in mood and energy. It's great for cops, firemen, military men and women out there, people who have really busy lives, working moms and dads. Go give it a shot. I think you're really going to like it. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of Dawn to Dust today. Okay. Um, Three big Trump stories that have kind of, you know, gone the way of the woolly mammoth because the media just doesn't want to cover anything positive on Trump. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd like to believe we're kind of fair arbiters of what's going on with the Trump administration. I, you know, I'll admit, I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased. I am, uh, I'm a conservative and I, I like Donald Trump. I mean, personally, I think he's got the right attitude going into the swamp, but I think we've been pretty fair, but there are, these are three stories where I think he deserves a really solid round of applause from the conservative crowd out there who, um, some of them have been fairly so, including some of our people at CR, mm-hmm. and I, I mean it fairly so, have given them some some guff over some decisions. And, you know, they're, they're, they're right. But these are three solid ones. Here's number one. So uh, I don't, you probably missed this story yesterday. So that's what the renegade Republicans here for, to fill in the gaps and hack left media coverage. So he revoked the Obama administration's uh, waivers of work requirements for welfare. Now, I'll, let me just explain to you what happened quick, why this isn't really a huge deal, but it still does matter. Uh, after the, the Newt Gingrich Congress in the Clinton years, there were work requirements built into welfare, meaning you could only collect that supplemental assistance from the government, right. what, what we would call welfare, mm-hmm. if you agreed to a certain amount of work requirements or you were actively looking for a job. Clear, Joe? Mm-hmm. Well, Obama, you know, in his effort to get as many people in America not working and on the government dole as possible, uh, he decided he was going to change that and make things like, I'm not making this up, folks. I'm, I'm not. This is not a joke. This is real. Make things like attending Weight Watchers sessions, uh, looking classified as looking for work so you wouldn't have to actually go get a job and you could still collect uh, government welfare benefits. I'm not kidding. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude. 
you need to cut that out. Um, you know. No, no, that's a great sound effect. We need that in the future. Like you need that on instant. Okay. I love that. That was great. Okay. We can hit the okay button every time. Because you just said it. Like uh, it was great. Okay. Yes. So Weight Watchers is now looking for work. Now, obviously, that's ridiculous, and it's just an Obama administration, or it was an Obama administration initiative to get people on the government dole because it leads to more votes. I mean, that's just what they do, libs, you know, because they need control at all times. Well, Trump revoked that. Now, you have to actually be looking for actual work, like not trying to drop a few LBs at the local Weight Watchers with their, you know, low-calorie brownies or whatever it may be. And there's an all more power to Weight Watchers, but that's not looking for work, Okay. Now, you may say, oh, that's great news. Why are you selling it short? I'm not. I'm just saying that I'm glad Trump did it. I mean, obviously, that's why I'm talking about the story. I'm just trying to tell you that, if you know, because we're here for facts and data, it's not going to have a big effect. And why is that? Because as a state, you had to apply for a waiver to get like Weight Watchers included <laughs> as a looking for work, and no states did. So I'm glad he got rid of it because now states don't even have the option of doing it, which is great. But Truth be told to you folks, it's not going to really change anything because no one had applied. So, But but it's very good for Trump. I applaud him for doing it. Uh, story number two. This one's getting up. You know, I didn't hear anything about the first one. It was limited. I mean, really, no one was talking about it. But it happened. There's a strong rumor going around that today, Friday, mm-hmm. we're going to see Trump ending DACA, the Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals, which was the program under the Obama administration, where if you were brought here as a child illegally, that you could stay. And not only that, that you could eventually get a work permit if you were brought here before a certain date. Trump is uh, talking about ending that today. Um, I think that's a good idea, folks. If you want to change the policy, then, you know, elect representatives that will go to Congress and change it. We are a country of laws. The laws say how you can come here legally. If you don't like those laws, then change them. I'm sorry. Uh, we have courts for the hard cases, but he's talking about ending DACA today, um, meaning he will not re- he will not renew. I think it was every two years. Mm. He will not re- renew uh, any any uh, any. There will be no waivers that you will be subjected to deportation like anyone else so good getting rid of daca also the third story which is really easy to describe because it's just i think a very nice gesture sorry i got something in my eye there trump donated a million dollars of his personal money towards the harvey effort um listen is is the guy a billionaire i don't know i don't have access to his financial records and nor do i want them but ladies and gentlemen let's be honest i mean a million dollars a lot of money i don't care how rich you are that's a lot of dough yeah and, you know, do we need to sit there and genuflect at his feet over it? No, but it's a really nice gesture and it deserves a nice pat on the back for the president of the United States to take his own money, a million beans. That's a lot of beans and say, you know what? I'm going to donate this. Remember, he, remember, he doesn't take a salary at all right. for being president. He donates his salary too. you know, for a second. I get it. You're not going to vote for him. I get it. There's a swath of my liberal audience out there that just viscerally hates Trump. I get it. Don't vote for him. Whatever. But can you just for a second say, hey, you know what? Nice gesture. Even if you say it internally, don't say it around friends because Antifa will come beat you up. So I don't want you to get hurt. I mean, Antifa will will slug you and then put a, one of those shields and bury you and try to suffocate you to death. But maybe internally for a second, you could say to yourself, you know what? Not That's, that's really, really not bad. Okay. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. You know, sadly, you know, tragically, I uh, this is... This is really one of those times where you you really should be thinking about preparedness. Folks, they will sell you a one-month supply of emergency food. I'm I'm picking up some, I haven't told my wife yet, but even more this week. I mean, after what happened, I said to my wife, do we have the cell phone chargers? Do we have a water supply? We went to the Publix yesterday, picked up four cases of water because we may get hit by Hurricane, uh, uh, what's now Hurricane Irma. 
you know, Florida, we're always in the danger zone here. I said to my wife, do we have charcoal? Folks, you need all this stuff. Get your charcoal, get your water, but get your food. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. I can't encourage you in strong enough terms. It's just 99 bucks. That's it. You will get yourself a month's supply of emergency food. It's good for 25 years. Hopefully, you'll never need it. The best day of your life is in 25 years when you throw the box out. But God forbid, we've seen with these scenarios out there, you have to be prepared. God forbid you do need it. Better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. By the way, it's only for one person. I got a couple boxes. Go get yourself that supply today. Preparewithdan.com, just $99. All you need is water to prepare. It stays good for 25 years. Go pick it up. All right. Um, there's one more liberal freakout I wanted to talk about. It's not just that they're losing the narrative on the Texas response. First, climate change. Now they're moving on to zoning laws, and, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous and absurd. I mean, it's absolutely nothing to do with it. As I said, Hurricane Sandy had zoning laws everywhere. and The damage was outrageous. Liberals are freaking out left and right about how good Trump is on the stump when it comes to taxes. He's been pretty good. His speech in Missouri, I thought was good. Ann Coulter didn't like it. And I, you know, I know Ann. I, I, I like Ann, but I thought she was off. She thought he should focus more on immigration. That's fine. But I thought the speech was very good. And Joe, liberals are freaking out because they have owned the tax cut argument for years. Tax cuts are always about the rich, the <laughs> evil rich, and they're gonna. And the fact that Trump went out and sold it as as what it was—a growth agenda and a, an agenda, the tax cut agenda, to benefit the middle class—that liberals are totally freaking out. I, I covered this on yesterday's show and the day before, so I don't want to beat this horse to death. But folks, I'm, you know, some of my proudest moments on this show are telling you what's coming down the liberal pipeline. I'm telling you, they are the narrative doesn't work for them right now. The narrative that these tax cuts are going to benefit growth and benefit the middle class. I'm telling you, they're freaking out. Just go to Twitter, give a look at Salon, anywhere. They are melting down. They're like, these are not middle class tax cuts. This is for the rich. Ah, they're losing their minds. <laughs> you are going to see a concerted effort to freak the hell out on the left and scare the American people into believing that these are tax cuts for the rich. And they, they're just upset that Trump seems to be selling it like no one else did in the past. They're losing their collective mm, over the whole thing. So mark my words, you're going to see more and more pieces. You're going to see a reference to 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 to, PK, to Piketty or Piketty, uh, his old class warfare book. You're going to see oh, Paul Krugman. They're all going to start putting out pieces about how these only benefit the rich because they're panicking that Trump is getting it done. All right. A final story I saw, which was interesting. I read in the journal today. You know what? I like to pull these stories you don't hear out uh, uh, here anywhere else yeah. uh, out. I mean, I, you'll see it in the journal, but this isn't going to get a lot of PR, but it's important to you. And it, it, it stories about a different model for unionization in America. I mean, I'll put it in the show notes if you want to read it. It's I, I, frankly, the article was it was interesting, but some of the, the overall premise I didn't think was was fascinating. But some of the nuggets in there were. And one of the premises in the piece is why unionization in America is dropping. And, you know, it, it's I thought, you know, this guy nailed it. You know, unionization in America, here are some numbers first from the piece. It says, since 1953, union membership has fallen. This is staggering, Joe. From 36% of the private labor force to less than 7%. Whoa. But yeah, here's the kicker, though. While workers' share of national income has increased to 66.1% mm-hmm. from 64.5%. Now, we haven't whipped out um, the abacus in a while. But mm-hmm. Joe, get that out. All right? The abacus. All right? Here we go. Now, if your share of national income and you're a worker out there goes from 64.5% to 
60. You got that abacus? Good. Mm-hmm. J- Jay's abacus. Shout out to Jay. Mm-hmm. 64.5 to 66.1. Let me ask you this. On your abacus, is 66.1 greater than 64.5? Yeah. 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 Oh, that is. Jay's abacus Ab- to yeah. the rescue again. Boom. This Jay man was a wizard sending Joe the abacus. It's amazing. So union membership has gone. I'm not knocking wow. unions, folks. Believe me. My dad was in a union. My brother's in a union. You want to join a union? Have at it. They do some good things. I was in a semi kind of union, the Patrolman's Benevolent Association when I was a cop. I'm just telling you that if you're going to tell me that union membership leads to all these wonderful things all the time, I do facts and data. I'd ask you to provide them. And the fact of the matter is union membership has collapsed from 30 36% to 70% in the private workforce, while the workers' share of national uh, of national income has gone up hmm. by, a, by a, a pretty good jump, 64 to 66%. Now, that a lot of that's due to worker productivity and technology, and you could probably make the case, you know, making a, a silly economic argument, but a counterfactual, well, it would have went up more, and, you know, anybody can say that, though. But what's interesting about this is, so number one, your argument that it, you know unionization and forcing people to unionize is an automatic positive public good mm. really goes out the window based on some of the numbers. But here's the second part. And it was an interesting point this guy made in the piece that I wanted to put out there. He said, listen, here's one of the reasons people aren't joining unions anymore. Not only basically has national income gone up and worker productivity gone up and you know wages have stayed pretty decently, uh, uh, pretty decently high in the United States, but Joe, all the stuff that unions used to do, a lot of good stuff that they used to do, fighting for worker rights in, in you know, in the in the early part of the century, right. uh, the last century when when it was pretty darn dangerous to work in some places. A lot of this stuff's already law. He makes the point that government laws are already in effect for 40-hour work weeks, overtime, minimum wage, health insurance, safety standards on the job. Now, you don't have to agree with these. I certainly don't agree with minimum wage and a lot of forced union, uh, forced labor laws. Mm-hmm. I think we should be able to make private contracts on our own. But really, I mean, I'm just saying, like, for unions, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying, well, what are you bargaining for anymore? I don't even understand. Like, most of the big stuff is already done. And if you're asking people to pay a large swath of their wages to support you lobbying for things, you should be able to tell people what those things are. So, again, it's not a knock on unions. I, I know a lot of them, people like them, and that's great. But forcing people to join unions? Eh, not so sure that's that's a real winner anymore. But interesting story, nonetheless, I thought I'd bring up. Hey, um. I have all these stories. I will send them to you in your email box. If you join my email list at Bongino.com, I appreciate it. Or if not, you can just go to Bongino.com and read the show notes every day. I, it's not imperative that you join the email list. But I'll put all these stories up there. And uh, also, I appreciate all the reviews on iTunes. We are well over 400 now. I'm reading them all. Thank you to anyone who goes and reviews us on iTunes. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for a great week of shows, folks, and for our biggest month ever on the Renegade Republican Joe and I deeply appreciate it. I'll see you all next week. Take it easy. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.